I'm Matthew McCabe. Welcome to Miracle Voices. Each episode, we will be delving into stories of forgiveness, healing, and transformation that have come about from integrating the principles of the book, A Course in Miracles. If you want to learn more about A Course in Miracles, visit www.acim.org. If you'd like to visit the Miracle Voices site, please go to www.miraclevoices.org. If you feel inspired to make a love offering, please visit us at miraclevoices.org forward slash donate. All donations go to support the work of the Foundation for Inner Peace, the publisher of A Course in Miracles. Now here's your program. Hello, this is Matthew McCabe, and welcome to another edition of Miracle Voices. I am here with my co-host, Judy Scutch-Whitson. Judy, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, and I'm so looking forward to this particular session. Me too. <laughs> Our guest today is Netta Boyne. Netta. Welcome to Miracle Voices. How are you doing? Oh, thank you. I'm just like, if you could see me, my my face is just lit up and I feel like my face is hurting from the big smile I have because Judy <laughs> for me, I, I always call Judy my spiritual granny and I just love her so much. And it's just such a joy to to even hear her voice right now and your voice too, Matt. I've been listening to, to your podcast and it's just amazing. So thank you so much for having me here. Oh, great. Well, the, whole way, the whole way this came together is in love. Um, it just, the way you got your messages, podcasts came to us. Matthew mm. was a pro at it. I knew nothing, but it just seemed to be something that was given to us to do. And you know, when that happens, because you're made happy about it, just like you're sitting with a big grin on your face. And I must say in the revelation of specialness, you're very precious to me. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. Amanda, tell us where you're sitting today. Well, today I'm actually sitting in Vancouver. Uh, I'm from Holland. I live in Rotterdam. Um, well, at least that's what I what I think. But but I really felt called to travel, and I finished just finished my second album, "Remember You're Dreaming," uh, in Victoria, British Columbia. And uh, yeah, now I'm just doing a bit more traveling and finishing up um, some other things around the album and uh, plan to go back to Holland uh, in November. Why are you recording it? <laughs> Why did you record it in Victoria? What's, what is there that drew you? Well, I was really feeling into like who would be the producer for this album. And the only guidance I heard clearly was that it was supposed to be someone else than the one that did my last album, even though he's incredibly talented. And I love what he did with my uh, album, The Light Has Come. It's all based on A Course in Miracles. Um, but it was just not clear, like, okay, who is it then? And I started to get a little impatient, you know, I really had to learn with this album, like all things come when, when they need to come like step by step. And of course, with the whole COVID, I, my whole plan was so much different than the timing that it was now, but I see now that it's all perfect. And it was actually through uh, a singer, you might know, Deva Premal. She uh -huh. sings um, lots of Sanskrit, very beautiful mantra songs. And I actually just asked her for advice. And she told me she's been working with, with uh, this producer called Joby Baker. And when I listened to the music he produced, that was just instantly my heart opened. And it's just so organic and just so beautiful. So I just knew like, okay, it's supposed to be him. I don't care. I'll go to the other side of the world. Uh, but it felt so guided. So yeah, I'm really happy um, that I followed that, that prompt. Um, so yeah, 
I love the way that works out. I just yeah. love it. Yeah, me too. Nada, I've noticed over the years that there seems to be a, a decent concentration of course students in uh, in Holland, and you know the population of Holland's not that large. Is there something mm-hmm. going on there that you seem like it seems like it's popping more, <laughs> up more into people's lives there for any reason? Anything you can tell, or just you know, it's just time. Um, I think it's just time, but yeah, there there are definitely a lot of course America students in Holland. Um, there is a beautiful big. Um, organization called Miracles in Contact that is hosting a, um, a talk once a, once a month. I'm actually speaking there also in, in December. And um, yeah, I think people are just are just ready for it, open-minded. Um, also the teachers that, that are in Holland, they're just so great. You know, they're really taking it all the way. So yeah, it is, it is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Years ago when we first Uh, started working on the Dutch translation of A Course in Miracles, we noticed that there was a quickening that was going on by the people who were asking for it. Mm. And when we finally did publish it, we were stunned at the reception because usually in some countries when you finally publish A Course in Miracles after the translators have spent years of work on it uh, and it comes out, well, there there are people who obviously are ready for it. This wouldn't happen. But in Holland, it was like a boom. Mm. And so I've realized that there was this energy that was going on in that place. I would say it was similar to the kind of feeling I had when I first came to California. Mm. It was so open and so ready for uh, a better way, new ideas, mm-hmm. uh, which is much more so than when I lived in New York City for 48 years. Wow. So it's probably, I don't know that it has to do with the place or it has to do with the congruence of people. Whatever it is, uh, we called Holland our hotbed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear it's still continuing. That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> well, Netta, tell us how A Course in Miracles came into your life. Well, A Course in Miracles came to me through Return to Love from Marian Williamson. I think a lot of people uh, got got there through her beautiful book. And I was, I think, uh, maybe like 20, 20 years old. And I found the book in the library. And the moment I just remember reading the course quotes that she has in there and just me reading them, it just, I felt my whole body just tingling. And it was like this whole energy flow through my body. I was like, oh my God, I have to read whatever book she's talking about. I need to get my hands on that one. And at that time, you know, YouTube wasn't really happening. I had nobody in my surroundings um, that studied the course. I didn't know anything about it. But I remember going back to the library and there were two uh, Course in Miracles books in there. And I just remember so well taking it out of the shelf. And it felt like I had some magical book in my hand. I remember just hugging it, you know, holding it to my chest. And I had the thought like, oh my God, this is going to change my life. I could just feel it. Um, and at the same time, also while I rented uh, that one, I also borrowed the book from um, um, Byron Katie, yeah. her first book of uh, for questions to change your change your life and I read that one first and I got so excited about 
Katie's work. Um, and then reading the lessons in A Course in Miracles, I got so excited because it felt so similar also to what Byron Katie was, uh, was teaching. Um, so something interesting too, when I look back now is that I, I just kept borrowing it from the library because I was a student and it was really expensive, the, especially the translated version at that time, I think it was like 60 euros or something. It was super expensive. So I couldn't afford to pay it myself. So I kept renting it from the library and whenever, you know, the time that I could have it was expired, I would get the other one because there were two there and nobody else apparently was, was getting it. And at that time, I was in a pretty unhealthy relationship with somebody. And I just I, I just couldn't fall out of love with him, even though he was so clear, basically, that he wasn't ready to be in a relationship with me. There was still this huge attachment and sort of almost like love addiction to wanting to, to be with him, um, even though it was obvious, very unhealthy. And I asked the course for, for my birthday Um, and it was so funny that the moment I got it, so it was on my 21st birthday that I got the course or yeah, 21st, yeah, 21st birthday. And exactly that day that I got the course of miracles, I fell completely magically out of love with this guy <laughs> and still love him. Of course, like just as a friend and, you know, I have absolutely no hard feelings about him, but that sort of toxic being in love with him, like wanting to like really that special relationship. It was just by magic completely gone that day. And I just had the course. And looking back now, it was like, I think, you know, that relationship and the pain that I that I experienced around that special love relationship um, really brought me to there has to be another way. It really brought me to the course. And once the course was like, okay, I got you now, <laughs> um, that symbol of, of that relationship was like, it was just completely unnecessary and it instantly lifted. It was so amazing. It's like, oh my God, like I felt so free, you know? So yeah, looking back on that, I, I find that's, that's pretty cool that it happened that way. You know, it is just <laughs> so comforting to me after being attached to the course for 46 years, it's all part of a plan. The yeah. plan is so magnificent that I can't even imagine it through my ego perception of it. Mm. Uh, I have to really let the experience fill me up and be in a holy instant to feel the tremendous gratitude that flows, that we're really not in charge. We're really, really not in charge. Mm -hmm. And your story about <laughs> here you were in a special relationship, the attraction to someone, it wasn't really right for you. <laughs> and just the way you looked at it, someone else fulfilling your needs, uh, was that lead-in. It was mm -hmm. all waiting for you. I mean, that happened on your 21st birthday and everything. I just think that's absolutely so delightful. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a rebirth <laughs> on the birthday. Yeah, and ever since I haven't been able to to um yeah, to separate from 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 the teachings like it instantly just felt like in the beginning I remember I couldn't really understand everything, but ever now I I would just keep on reading and reading. I I would bring it everywhere I go when I was in the subway or in the train. I would carry the thick book wherever I went and 
every every so on there would be this moment where I would read something and I could just feel my entire body and everything was just flowing with energy and I it, it just made me want to keep reading and and be very intrigued of like who who is this voice actually what is what is this that I'm reading you know and yeah it's almost like your body becomes a tuning fork exactly towards the course exactly because I have exactly the same feeling and yeah I still read it over and over again and sometimes I'm sure that happens to you and many others listening I read something that I have read before many times but it comes up like in Barleyf all of a sudden it stands out did I ever see the sentence before oh my goodness (laughs) I never ever realized what it truly meant So we have levels. It's like a spiral. Mm. If you think of it going around and around, the course is written that way in Mm. a symphonic spiral type uh, presentation. So basically it's saying the same thing over and over again, but in poetic format, different ways of looking Mm. at it. So we're looking at a prism full of light. We turn it this way and we get a deeper feeling. We turn it that way. We understand it more. Mm. And it's always alive. And I love talking with you because I feel that so much (laughs) with you. (laughs) It's wonderful that we all spark each other. Mm, Yes. Yeah. Nada, as you you went deeper into your coursework, did you notice any other relationships changing or healing or any kind of anger or issues, resentments or guilt coming up? Oh, yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. And I I think for me, especially the way that I think Jesus started using me was through music. And for me, it has always been very helpful um, to, yeah, the the moment that, well, you guys both know the story, but I might, it it might be nice to share it again, like of how uh, these Course in Miracles song started to pour through absolutely because this was uh three years after i studied a course of miracles um it was just one morning and it felt i woke up and i remember it just felt as if somebody was just throwing a lasso around my my waist and just sort of like pulling me towards the piano and a course of miracles was lying open there on the lesson let me remember i'm one with god and it really felt as though as I was getting in sort of a trance and, and I started playing the piano and melodies and words started to pour through. Um, and in the shortest of time, I had a whole song with lyrics all coming from, from that same workbook lesson. And I remember just like feeling so touched by it. It felt like it came from such a deep place and there were tears just flowing over my, my cheeks um but at the same time it was also like what is this you know I had a pretty strong self-concept of being a singer and especially wanting to be this famous pop singer you know and I think like yeah this (laughs) singing chorus lyrics isn't really matching that that idea of like oh getting the next bit big hits with let me remember I'm one with God (laughs) so at the same time there was this like what is this okay well let's just put it aside for now um but then this same thing continued to happen over the span of I think about two weeks every day there was this a new song coming through there was again this feeling of being pulled and I just couldn't stop it like I remember even there were 
days where I I felt I was very busy, I had a lot lots of things to do, and then the feeling would come up, and I would recognize it. It would almost come like a wave. I would feel it in my from my stomach, a wave, almost as if it's I had to purge or something. Something had to come out, and I would tell tell that in that feeling, you know, like no, not now, like go away. I have things to do, <laughs> and and it would be so persistent of of like no, like sit down you know I almost felt nauseous if I wouldn't sit down and write it down um and after two weeks it was like Phew, okay it's it's done and I had like a whole stack of songs all with lyrics coming from these different workbook lessons um and I I still really I didn't even think of making an an, an album of them you know it was just so so much shame at the same time of like what will people think of me and they think I've gone all religious um so fast forward a few years later I was I was in the uh with Holland you know with the with, with the turning chairs um, and it was really there. I think that was sort of like the peak of, okay, this is what you want, you know, like the big commercial break and the fame and um, being on television, singing for millions of people. And it was actually maybe because it was so extreme, you know, and so big um, that I, I just remembered of like, oh, but what do I actually really, really want? And I just saw, you know, that all the choices that were being made on that show, at least in my perception, the purpose of it was, was to get the most votes and to be the most popular person uh, on the show. And, and I just really deeply realized, like, I, I want my purpose for, 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 for what I'm doing and what I'm, the music that I'm sharing. I want the purpose behind of it be love, you know, to extend love. Um, even if I'm not always there, you know, I want I want to have that set as the purpose, as the goal. And and then these songs came in my mind again, I remember, and I could so feel that the purpose of these songs given, you know, by the spirit and with those beautiful Course in Miracles lessons, it, it only had that purpose. It only had that purpose of rem- reminding the listeners of who they truly are and helping them in in their journey. And, and I think the music really helps give, give people an experience of what the course is saying and allow it into their hearts instead of just mentally thinking about it. And it was really in that moment that I could really see it, you know, stand, it was, it was after one of my big performances and the judges, you know, you have the four judges, they were giving their commentary and I wasn't I had this really expensive 500 euro designer dress on and and I just remember like oh okay like after I'm out of this show okay you know you got me I'll 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 make your cd you know but you gotta guide me tell me what to do and where to go and um, so from then on, like that journey of more learning to listen and follow, surrender my mind, just really step back and start. And it's still going on, you know. I have a now for my new album that it's called "The Dark Night of the Soul," and in one of the verses, I say, um, "I thought that following you meant sacrifice." But now I see you only lead me to paradise. <laughs> so it's it's really that journey of like, of, oh, I'm 
sacrificing my own career and my own wishes. Um, but I realize more now that my will and God's will really are one <laughs> and stepping more into that. So yeah, for me, the, the, the whole identification with being a singer has, has really to unwind from that and hand that over to, to spirit and have, have the spirit use my voice and use my, my desires um, for like a greater purpose and to help me remember uh, just like my my new album remember remember you're dreaming <laughs> to help me remember I'm dreaming so it, it's, and, um, yeah, it's quite wonderful. a journey it's wonderful to hear this journey <laughs> for, for me particularly because I feel blessed to have uh, among my friends a couple of composers one is a classical composer and the other is more contemporaneous and mm. I've known them for years and they've been students of that's how I've I met them as students of a course um, and I get almost the same story not necessarily put as articulately as you put it, but it's as if they were prepared for their career as professional musicians, mm -hmm. or it could be artists or it could be psychologists, but we're talking about your career. Now they're prepared for it, but at some point they realize the music is coming through them, that they are not mm -hmm. making it. Yeah. And, and that, is, that is a defining moment in their lives when they suddenly realize, you know, I can step back and let him lead the way. Mm. That everything, I have prepared the ground. I have done what I needed to do. And now I can surrender myself to the process. And a different kind of music comes through. And you yeah. actually can see it. And they can say, on this date, I switched. I just became... Mm -hmm instead of looking at my career and how I performed and whether or not I wrote my wit my last opera well. And all of a sudden I realize I am in the hands of the divine, the highest mm. God, the Holy spirit. And this is what I do from now on. So your, your story is a reflection of a few that I've heard already. And when I think back on it and I think about Helen Chuckman, the scribe of A Course in Miracles, I should say co-scribe with, with Bill Thetford, um, <laughs> the field was prepared a long time for her listening from the time she was a child, yep. even though she didn't explain it, define it or understand it and didn't compare herself to other people because she thought everybody did. She was refining that process of inner listening until mm. the time came when Bill asked the question, you know, there's got to be a better way than this. Got to be another way in the world. Mm. Um, and all of a sudden it was triggered and yeah. the course came through. No accident. It wasn't sudden. It wasn't just an, an absolutely out of time, out of place incident. It came from a long time of inner listening and training. Mm. So you, you did your field work. And all, <laughs> all of your professional pull and the contests that you won and your acceptance as just a great star in Holland and now throughout the world. Um, all of it was the preparation for this, I would say, channeling of music. Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Nada, how, since this discovery and of the course in miracles and your deepening with your music, how is it, evolved since that time since you've kind of moved away from 
pop to more, uh, of course, miracle focused themes, how, how things change to where you are now. Mm, right. Yeah. So, so in the beginning, I think there was still this deep sense of like sacrificing something and almost like, like I had to do it. And, um, so there was, there was just a lot of resistance. I was completely new with the whole concept of, of, of receiving guidance and listening and following. I very much had the feeling of like, like every time I thought, <laughs> I know Judy, you always love the story where, where I said like, well, Jesus can't sing. Right. So I have to, <laughs> I have to do it <laughs> by myself. Um, so there was a deep, uh, deep unwinding from 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 the I know mind I guess and really being the doer and thinking that I know what's best into coming more and more and I really notice it now with this second album of course there's still healing that comes up as well but there is such a such a deeper sense of trust and absolutely knowing that it's not my album um, that it's not my money that I need to come up with to pay for it, that it's not my songs, you know, there's this much more greater sense of knowing that I'm just this little puppet that the spirit can use. And I, I feel so comfortable in that, you know, I'm like, oh, yes, please, I don't even want to know, you know, so um, yeah, that helps so much to really remember every time I'm feeling anxious, it's like, oh, there I go again thinking that I'm in charge, that I need to do it, that I'm responsible. And then when I just remember again, I was like, oh, it's not my album, it's Spirit's album. And um, he'll he'll tell me exactly what to do and where to go when, when it's time to, to do it. So. That certainly reflects um, the workbook. And I was thinking particularly of, I will step back and let him mm-hmm. lead the way. Yeah, uh, That's a profound lesson when you realize finally that you're doing it, yep. you say, oh, of course, here are my instructions. They were all written down for me. I will step back and let him lead the way. And the other one I love, which I thought of in my mind as a companion piece, I choose second place to gain the first. Mm. And here you are in a career where being first is really important, but mm. you're choosing second place because you're choosing God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit first. And then you become merged with that, aware of your merging, aware of a higher power within you, aware of which voice you want to listen to. And it starts to fulfill itself. And you don't feel like you need to be first anymore because you know who is first. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and feel so comfortable in that, you know? Like when I was younger, it was always like, no, I'm the leader, you know? It was very huge authority problems. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was like, I know best and follow me. I'm not going to follow anyone else, anybody else. And now I just like, oh, yes, let me follow. Let, please, you know, I'm like so comfortable in that. Because I know like now also like who... Who am I following, right? If if love is behind the steering wheel, of course I want to sit in the back, you know. I really don't want to try and pull that steering wheel away from her, you know. It's like, no, please take me wherever you think is in my highest best interest, you know. I'll follow along. <laughs> That's put so beautifully. Love is the steering wheel. Yeah. I've never heard that before. I lo- oh my goodness, I want to remember that. Thank you. <laughs> 
Well, now when a lot of people might be thinking, Hey, you know, when I let go like this, like, how is the future going to turn out? I, I, you know, how do I trust in this? Because I need to plan for the future and Mm. mortgage payments or all these different things. Like, how do you practically think about this and letting go and, you know, listening to Holy Spirit's tuning fork? Right. Well, for me, it, it, it does get very practically, but practical, but maybe not like in the timing or, or like what I think, like my preferred way, of course, like let's say about this new album again, would have been to know exactly from the beginning. Okay. Just give me like a briefing, you know, put it like, give me a, you can send me an email. I, I would say to <laughs> Jesus, you know, send yeah. me an email uh, with all the notes of who you want me to work with, um, send me enough money to pay for everything. Um, you know, let, let me know everything. And I guess like, yeah, it doesn't always work that way because it's also for me, at least for this one, it was just really a practice and trust, listen and follow knowing that I'm provided for. So even on this, on this journey, like to just not even know where, where I was going to be, I just felt guided. Okay. After Victoria, it's not time yet to go back home. I knew like it was, it was time to join with, with other people who felt it in their hearts to, to invite me. Um, so, so I actually just put out a newsletter a while ago and just said like, I'm coming to um, Canada. And after that, I love to travel to the States and I'm open for invitations. And if you just feel a spark in your heart, let me know. Um, and then to just see how things unfold and the people that invite me that even, even somebody that says, you know, if you need a ride from the ferry to, uh, someone else, let me know. So even like little rides, uh, little lunch dates, little, you know, like everything started to, um, just be coordinated perfectly. Um, and then I'm invited by people, some of them that I never met and there's just instantly such deep connection and just beautiful joinings and I see it's it's all for me it's all for everybody it's all for um just remembering remembering the love that that carries us all and and yeah it may look a bit like different you know than people say like oh I also I just put out a newsletter that I only travel with my hand luggage and I have there's a folded piano even in there and <laughs> a folded <laughs> microphone stand because I'm still doing my monthly voice liberation sessions. Um, but so even practically, I, I'd say like, yeah, it's still this being able to listen and follow and not try to fill in everything. And what I really learned is I, I always worked for quote unquote myself. I'd, I'd say like I never really had a steady job. I always was doing music and at times it would feel very insecure of like not knowing uh, when money would come in and how much money would come in. And I always thought like, okay, I don't have that safety of having like a steady income. Um, but I really realized like, well, you know, true safety doesn't come from knowing when the next paycheck is there. You know, true safety really comes from knowing who God is and knowing that we we are God's children, you know, that we are provided for by God and not by some paycheck we are provided for in the sense of how he created us that we're that he created us perfect and 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 not as these bodies that need all of these things and of course then to make it practical again and then you'll say like yeah but I I I do need to eat or I do need to 
um, you know, pay my, or you said pay my rent or pay my mortgage. But for myself, I notice being in that situation myself where I don't have that steady income or something, I notice that whenever I remember where my true safety comes from, um, the form reflects that knowing. It just, it just simultaneously, it, it just, yeah, it just reflects it. It's like, oh, and when I forget, when I think again, like, oh, I'm all by myself and God left me. And um, then it also starts to reflect in, in, in my, my experience in, in form. So I think that's an important reminder, you know, that, yeah, what I, what I feel from within um, projection makes perception, right? So what I, what I believe from within, I'm going to see it without as well. And yeah, to remember, okay, where, what is true safety? True safety is not of this world. You know, it's not money can't truly give us that. Oh my goodness. That leads into a thought that you just brought back to me long, long time ago. Uh, as I mentioned, Helen Shuckman, the scribe of A Course in Miracles, uh, obviously was a recipient of an amazing body of work, Course in Miracles. But yeah. that didn't mean that she practiced it. As she said often, mm. I said I would take it down. I never said I would use it. <laughs> so one day when she was very failing in health and extremely fearful, I was talking to her on the telephone and she was complaining about money. Well, I knew that she was financially okay. And uh, there was a part of her, of course, that knew it too. But she kept saying, oh, and I don't have enough for this. The ceiling needs painting giving me all sorts of things that were wrong. And she needed money, she needed money. And so I said to her, okay, Helen, I hear you. I don't have too much in my savings account, but I'll open up an account for you and put everything I have in your name so that you can draw upon it. And I think that Bill will do the same. And I think Ken Wapnick would help you there too. And she said, how much money do you think that would be? Well, I didn't know. I said, well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. But, you know, it certainly will be enough for you not to think that you're not safe. And then she said to me in her great wisdom, which would pop out almost like she wasn't even thinking it. She said, sweetheart, there isn't enough money in the world to make me feel safe. Mm. Oh, wow. So, you know, we learn from each other, but I learned so much from just experiencing with her, her fear, Mm. trying to solve the problem at the level of the world when that was not where the problem was. Exactly. The problem was her feeling of separation. The problem was not recognizing she was one with God. A problem was not trusting. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that story. You know, we were talking and Matt raised the question about forgiveness. So I'm wondering, is there any one thing that you can think of that touched you so much and you saw the shift in perception from fear to love? Wow. Yeah. I just looked on the clock and it says one, 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 one. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I I definitely had a, a forgiveness story come to mind. And I still, I noticed that I still think it's, it's like a little... Um, not scary to share, but it's still, I do feel some like, Ooh, okay. It's cause it's such, it has been such a big one for me. And I was thinking again on it yesterday as Matt, you know, asked me like if there is a particular forgiveness story. And I just, when I think on this one, it's just, 
I just realized how much it prepared me to be able to really allow the teachings of the Course in Miracles in without any compromise. And this forgiveness story happened before the Course even came into my life. Uh, I was 18 years old. And before that, I was already a really very sensitive and loving child. I was very um, sensitive to, you know, the, my surroundings and loving everyone and loving animals, loving nature. But there was one big exception. You know, I was always like, we need to give love to everyone. And, you know, I had that big, well, everybody's family except for uh, people who committed um, sexual offense. Offense, do you say it like that? Sexual Uh offense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was a deep of like, no, that's, they need to be instantly killed. Like it was huge in my, I couldn't even discuss it in my mind. It was so clear. Everybody deserves love, but they really don't. And they just need to be instantly be cut into pieces. It's what's this huge hate and huge resistance around it. And something interesting happened when I was 18 years old. And I had a dream in the night that my father from this, my, from this life, um, he was touching my thigh or my side, my, my lower back or something. And There was nothing going on in a dream, but I just remember I I sort of pulled his hand away and I I got really upset and I was like, no, like, I don't want that. I don't want to have that happen again in this life. And I was talking about sexual rape and abuse and these type of things, not in this life. And I, I woke up and I didn't feel anything. I was like, oh, that's a weird dream. Um, And I just went on with my day. But later that night, I, had a, I was watching a movie with my mom, whom I have a really beautiful relationship with. And I all of a sudden remembered the dream. And I was like, I wanted to tell her, I was like, oh, I really had a weird, strange dream last night. And as I was about to tell her about the dream, it was as if a part of my brain, my mind opened up and I completely remembered um, if you call it a past life, or I know it's, it's all happening simultaneously, but this memory came of this life where I was very much uh, sexually abused by uh, my father in that, in that lifetime. And I just couldn't stop crying. And the craziest, even thinking of how everything was perfectly set up, if you can believe this, that my mom was actually at that time just reading a book of a woman, I think it was in Germany or something, a woman describing how her children would remember past lives and how you as a mother can support your children going through that. So my mother just read this and almost as if she was prepared for this moment to guide me through this, recognizing what was happening. And it was so crazy thinking back on how perfectly orchestrated. So I just really, this deep cry and and just deep trauma started to um, bubble up inside me. And it would make so much sense of me always being so 
fearful around that and have so much hate towards that. There was this huge grievance that apparently it didn't heal yet. And it was time now um, for it to be healed. But it was very difficult for me, you know, at that time. It's also not something you can really talk about, you know, with people like, hey, I just remembered in a past life, you know, this or that happened. Um, but my mom was there, you know, and very supportive. But after, after that, I had lots of nightmares about it. I, I really felt as, as if it, you know, just happened. It was like this memory that would come up so strongly and there was no forgiveness yet. I didn't know about the course. So it was, it was very difficult. Um, and I did went to, um, some sort of healer and give it some, a little bit of space, but over the years, I still felt very, yeah, it was just really making me very angry still. And I felt very much, yeah, a lot of hate and I couldn't let it go. I couldn't forgive. And I remember I just, when I was 18, also I moved out to a different city and I lived on my own and I was very interested in spiritual development. So I did all the sort of courses that I could do, um, meditation courses. And I remember also, I think this was a year later, maybe I was 19 or so. And I did this meditation all day, Vipassana meditation day. And, and I could sense my father from that lifetime, you know, his energy would come and there would really be this, you know, like it's time to forgive this and let it go. But I resented so much. I was like, no, go away. You know, it was like, no, you're evil. You know, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And, um, and it came to a point where I did at a certain point was ready. That question popped in. I didn't know the course yet, but still there was this question of, you know, there has to be a better way. And I, I do want to be open to see if there's something to learn from this. Cause I did realize like, well, it's probably not for nothing that this memory came in, right? Like there has to be some sort of a purpose for this coming to me at this time. So I went to this regression, uh, past life regression therapist um, that worked with the sort of hypnosis, bringing you back to that life and seeing to learn from it or to heal from it. And what happened then was just so amazing because I went into that hypnosis, deep meditation, and I had a vision of having a baby brother in that life as well, whom I loved so, so, so much. Like there was such a huge, deep, abundant, unconditional love for, for this little brother. And then it was as if I was being taken fast forward to years after where I could see that that brother that I loved so much because he was experiencing this abuse as well he was passing it on to his children and I got a vision of of him basically doing the same things that we experienced and as I saw it I saw that I still loved him I still loved him just as much and I could see that inform his behaviors were not okay but there was still this love and that just blew my mind like I came out of that and I just realized like oh wow like it's you are able, like it, it has, it doesn't change who you are, right? Like the course says, like, I'm still as God created me, like whatever, whatever happens in form cannot change who I truly am. And in that vision, I got that message and just instantly I could fully let it go. And there was this huge release. And finally I could fully see like, oh, wow, like 
they are also my brothers and sisters, right? So, and now I've, I've been working in prison for eight years already. And not long after that, the Course in Miracles came on my path. So it was, and of course, the course is all about like no compromise. There's no order of difficulties in miracles. <laughs> oh, you can also say there's no order of difficulties in, in forgiveness, right? It's all the same, all equally forgive. Uh, and then I started working in prison not long after that. And I remember one of the first time where we went to a prison that only had, or that department at least, that only had sex offenders. And really taking the spirit with me and just, you know, interacting uh, with those boys. It's, uh, I only work with uh, youngsters, so ju- uh, juvenile prison. And it was so gentle, you know, it's like the first time I wasn't, um, they weren't in my, in my class. So I would just see them, but there was already a beautiful conversation. And then the year after I felt like it was even more deeply healed in myself. They were in my class. So I had a full class with about 10, I think 10 boys, all sex offenders who yes, informed did very um, cruel or very terrible things, but I, I just felt the love, you know, and, and I didn't per se like say it, but I remember there was this moment of where we were sitting in a circle and I, and there was music. I think they were making some music or something. And I just looked at them one by one. And in my mind, I just said, I love you. You know, I love you. You are love, your love. And, I, and it was just so amazing. And like right now, like there's absolutely nothing left of that sense of well they need to be death sentence or you know I can completely see if like okay forgiveness is forgiveness um and whatever we think we did in form um we don't have the power to change who we truly are you know and and it it really I I realized why it was helpful for this to come up whether it was just simply my mind I mean like it's always my mind of course but whether you know, there's listeners maybe that don't believe in past lives or like in the course that also says it's, you know, there actually there is no life at all. Right. So even it's all happening um, in our own minds. But I, I do realize why that had to come up and why it was helpful for me to have that come up, because I don't think if it wouldn't come up, it would probably still be with me that I couldn't love total and completely in the way that I that I can now um, so I'm, I'm really grateful actually that for that experience and that it came up and that I can now work with any and everybody and not make any compromise with with the course's teaching but have it be complete you know so Oh, yeah. that's my forgiveness up, story. <laughs> you brought up you brought up so many things from the <sighs> course in this amazing sharing. Uh, mm. First of all, I know you were a little bit hesitant because I heard it in your voice, and then just coming out and giving this as a gift to anyone who's listening mm. or who will ever listen, uh, because it's so deeply meaningful because of your insights about it, mm. and it made me think of so many specific thoughts in the course all of which, of course, come back to the same. Number one, the course is not course in duality. It's a course in non-duality, or we can say singularity, because it is telling us that we haven't always been how we were created, but we've forgotten. We've made this world as a defense against remembering. 
because the ego wants to be in charge. So we have two parts of our mind. We'll call it right-mindedness and wrong-mindedness. Wrong-mindedness does not bring us peace. Right-mindedness does. And the Course is a whole system of helping us rethink, re-understand, remember who we are in truth. At that level, forgiveness is possible. So when you're telling the story, one of the shortest descriptions of forgiveness, and there are more, almost 700 in the course, so <laughs> that is an awful lot. Uh, to forgive is to overlook. Yeah. To forgive is to overlook. How can you overlook, let's say, the crime of sexual abuse? You don't want to let them get away with it in form, but you want to be able to go to the part of you that knows that you're only love. And that is yeah. what the other is. There is no other. There's only one. There is no separation. It's all a mistake in our minds. Everything takes place in our mind. So when we overlook the past and all the negativity with it, it doesn't mean we necessarily forget it. And doesn't mean we excuse it. It means we go to the other level where we really dwell and we ask within for the help to see it differently. And exactly. seeing it differently is what forgiveness is about. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It, you said it so beautifully. Mm. Matt, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> sitting there. I'm, I'm imagining the look on Matt's face. No, it's, it's such, <laughs> such, a, such a fantastic story Netta. such so much healing there and i'm i'm yeah. really thankful that you you shared that because i mean it's so it's so powerful and also you can you know it's helping so many other people that are listening uh that are going to listen to this recording so thank you for that mm, thank you <laughs> it's probably a great place to just tell listeners how they can connect with you Netta. at the end of this episode um what i'm going to do is play one of your songs and um, also, I'll put in the show notes how people can connect with you online, find your albums, find your music. But why don't you tell us your website right now so everybody can can find you? Oh, beautiful. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, my website is just netaboyne.com, N-E-D-A-B-O-I-N. Um, I have lots of Course in Miracles songs, also new songs on YouTube, so people can check me out on there or on Instagram. Um, and every third Sunday of the month, so if this is being released before Sunday, they can still come. I have a free online voice liberation gathering every third second of the month. Um, and it's just a really beautiful way of using the voice um, to get an experience of true forgiveness. So it really takes it very deeply and all microphones are muted. So if you're feeling a little bit fearful, think like, ah, I don't want to, you know, have people hear my voice. It's perfect. It's not about singing beautifully. It's just about having the voice be used as a portal uh, for healing so if you have never experienced this, just come and experience it for yourself. It's super powerful. Um, so you're very much invited. And there's a link to register for that also on my website under the events uh, page. So netaboyne.com slash events. Um, yeah. Your well, music. Go ahead, Judy. No, no, no. You go ahead. Your turn. Netta, <laughs> <laughs> well, your, your music's very beautiful and joyful. And I find, you know, listening to music like this during the day is great way to let course principles kind of 
sink in more because in conversation, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, dialogue, I have concepts I want to communicate, but, and just listening, uh, to, to the music, the kind of course lessons wash over you and you can hear, you know, the themes of the course in your music very heavily. So I, I really enjoy mm. it. Oh, so good to hear. Yeah. And people can also listen on Spotify or any, any online platform. Um, you can find the album that is out already now. So that's my Course in Miracles album, The Light Has Come. And my new album, Remember You're Dreaming, I think from next week, the pre-sale starts, um, but it will probably be out in, in December. So you can just uh, keep an eye on that. Just in time for gifting. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it has been a pleasure and a treat and a delight to have you here with us today. And oh. it's a little bit of a dream come true for me because I just love, love, love sharing you. Oh, I just love, love, love you so much. I'm just so happy to hear your voice again. And uh, yeah, really, just can't wait to give you a big hug again. Well, come soon. Yes. Yes, Ned. Ned, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on Miracle Voices and sharing your miracle voice. Oh, thank you, Matt. That's been so lovely. Thank you so much. And thank you for doing this. I know it's helping so many people. It's been helping me also. I love listening to your podcast. So thank you. God doesn't forgive, for he is never condemned. Forgiveness is the great need of this world It is a world of illusions Fear condemns and love forgives It undoes what fear is produced Returning the mind to God Forgiveness is reflecting God's love on earth.
Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to Miracle Voices by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you are enjoying these conversations, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you use. And lastly, please visit us at miraclevoices.org and join our newsletter so we can stay connected. Until the next podcast, I want to leave you with my favorite course quote, when you want only love, you will see nothing else. 